strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight, I'm going to talk about Christmas a little bit. Okay. I mean, we are less than two weeks away from the big day. Yeah. And, you know... For some people, they love Christmas. It's decorations and photos and family gatherings and gifts and Christmas trees. But for some of us, it just means a whole lot of anxiety, like myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This year, I'm actually going to be at home. Oh, congratulations. Um, For the first time in eight years that I will not be at work. And I won't lie, I have not been made to work for those eight years. I just don't particularly like to be home on Christmas. You never requested them off. You were just like, oh, yeah, I'll work. You know, I get a lot of anxiety about family gatherings. I get a lot of anxiety about gift giving and receiving. I always feel like I get really excited to buy gifts and then I give it to the person and then they just kind of look at me and they're like, oh, thanks. And you're like, ah, oh, I thought you I did wanted, such a good job. You wanted a bigger right, or production then I get, of it. Or then I get like, Oh, here's, uh, you know, uh, a plaid scarf. Thanks. You know, I love a good plaid scarf. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's never I just have a lot of, you know, like, I want them to get pumped for my gift, but then I'm never pumped for their gifts. So I just kind of like rather like, (laughs) just Just ignore it. (laughs) Just pretend it isn't happening. But this year, I was like, you got pumped for some gifts I got you in the past. Was that was that bullshit? Were you were okay. you faking it the entire time? I'm not talking about <laughs> you. I'm not talking about friends. Yeah, I'm just talking in general. Yeah. I'm talking about family, in laws, just you know, Secret Santa. Yeah, and then there's always just that drama. doesn't really know you, right? I'm doing a Secret Santa this year at work. I think that I found the perfect gift for my Secret Santa. Mm-hmm. But it's twice the price. Oh, ooh. But I don't care because I think for me, it's the only possible gift I can give this person. Okay. So I cannot think of a single other thing to get this person. So good news is that it's not an exchange between gifts between you and this person. No. So you don't know who has you. No idea. So when this person receives your gift from mm-hmm. them, they don't they don't feel bad for not spending as much exactly. money on them on you for them. I right. get it. Cool. They have no idea. I think that's the only, it's the only way you can get get away with it. I don't know, but the pressure, the pressure, the, of the pressure. Gift. It's just not my favorite. The pressure of a gift, the pressure of gifts, giving gifts. But you know, the way that we celebrate Christmas in the United States is one of a myriad of winter holiday traditions around mm-hmm. the world. Absolutely. In almost every culture, there is some sort of midwinter celebration. Solstice, uh, right? Right. I mean, here we go. There's a lot to celebrate. Midwinter, the winter solstice, is the moment where it gets more light every day. It's the darkest day of the year. And then it gets brighter every day. In Iran, they celebrate Yalda, which has been around since ancient times and is a celebration of the victory of light over dark. That's pretty. Which makes sense because every day gets brighter. I like that. And even in the southern hemisphere... Where winter is in June, they still have midwinter celebrations, such as Peru, where they celebrate Inti Raimi, which is a celebration in honor of the sun god. 
So so that wait so that so their winter is in June. Yeah, and they still have a celebration in winter, but theirs is in June. So but oh, I was like I was gonna think like July. So is that where the whole Christmas in July thing happens? Because sometimes some areas. Their winter is June, July, so it's another Christmas winter kind of thing. So it's Christmas in July. The whole I'm on board. I like it. I think I, just, a, I, think I may have just made it made it up. But you might have, but it sounds right. It sounds right. right? I'm just gonna use it's that. great theory. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal, and I'm Kurt Sutter, and welcome to our new podcast called Pie People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the.、Uh, Get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely, we're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about.、Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's you know it's trying、like、to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen <laughs> to podcasts on. Yeah, podcasts, podcasts, your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So, in full notorious narrative fashion, ooh, okay. In the spirit of the season, I scoured the internet to find what I could think of as the、oh、most horrifying Christmas tradition. It's gonna be gross、tradition. and disturbing. <laughs> I'm gonna gag. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna. Okay. All right. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas! <laughs> Yay, everyone! Merry Christmas! So the Christmas season is magical, enchanting,、oh、but.、God. Oh, God. It's fraught with heinous stories of diabolical supernatural beings, as as it should. I、yeah. mean, you know, we deck the halls with boughs of holly and sugar plum la, la, fairies la, la. dance、yeah. in your head, and an old man forces himself into the chimney <laughs> around the world after breaking months, and entering, <laughs> breaking and entering after months of tirelessly surveilling. Eat、children. your shit. Eat your food. Leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we celebrate a man who breaks into your house after watching you for months, after watching your children、Eats、for your months. Stuff his reindeers break your shingles on your roof. Now you have to get a new roof. Like it's a thing, you know. We're talking. Essentially, you celebrate to catch a predator. But there are so many wonderful stories that are told during Christmas.、Ugh. Reindeer flying in the sky, the ever popular Krampus. You know the Christmas demon、uh, that beats children with sticks and drowns them in streams. He's a good one, but I mean, what about Père Noël that leaves little candies in your shoes? Foot、oh, yeah. fetish? Well, oh yeah, maybe a little bit of foot fetish, right? Yeah, I mean, you go through <laughs> cultures and you I know, find, I know, I know. you know, story after story of just weird, sort of, you know, dark, painful, torturous, you know, characters. And it was supposed to be helpful for children. Like children looked forward to waking up in the morning to have been visited by Père Noël, and looks in their shoes, and there's candy in them. I mean, I'm not sure I want to eat anything out of my shoes, but I work in a hospital, so. Well, do you think that like a ten-year-old boy is okay with eating stuff out of his shoe? I mean, he probably would, but ten-year-old boy <laughs> shoes stain. Exactly. Just you know. Okay. How about how about if you buy me a shoe and put like new candy in it? That would be great. Thank you. So much. New pair of shoes, new candy. Yeah. 
What about a new pair of shoes? Old candy. Yeah. I want I want a new pair of shoes and then prepackaged individual pieces of candy put in my. So if just, you're gonna visit me, you'll have. Men, I want it done right. You'll have no peanut M and M's just chilling in a new shoe. No, no, I have a little a little fun size bag of it. Shoved in my shoe. <laughs> it must be packaged. It must it must be, it must be individually packaged. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that makes sense because if you think about who's leaving it, it's a creeper, right? You want, you want to see a seal. If you're going to creep into my bedroom at night while I'm sleeping and put fucking candy in my shoe, you better work for it. So this this episode is not about Père Noël. Okay. At all. <laughs> but. I, you know, I, not for nothing, is. but that's a really good topic. Just, just throwing it out there. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, yes, but maybe not as gruesome as. As what you're going to say? As the one I'm going to talk to you about. I mean. Not. You've this met is, me. This is going to be some hardcore it's, shit right now. It isn't really all that Am bad. I going to be scared about Christmas? I don't think so. Am I going to wake up in, like, in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve and be like, oh my God. Probably not. Okay. All right. I think you've been a good girl this year. <laughs> sure. Probably. Right? Anyway. So I'm going to tell you the story of Grilla, the Christmas witch. She is a hideous Icelandic cannibal troll woman who abducts children and boils them to death i <laughs> i saw recently mm-hmm. um a picture of yeah. a gruesome woman hunched back kind of a wrinkly insect like face wearing a hat and it's like and, it, and underneath it was just a christmas and i was like wasn't really paying attention i moved forward some but i'm thinking that this is the the, the thing that i saw it is very possible So in Iceland, they take their naughty and nice very seriously. Nice children get gifts, toys, and treats, and the naughty children are eaten. That's right. Grilla is a fearsome fairy tale ogre that keeps Icelandic kids towing the line during the holiday season. She's kind of like Elf on the Shelf, except she will eat you if you don't finish your peas. Since the Middle Ages, tales of Grilla have been written. According to the legend, Grilla is a tough ogress or troll. It depends kind of mm-hmm. how. Just big, big beastly lady that lives in a cave in Iceland's hinterlands. She is the matriarch of a family of strange creatures that launch attacks on nearby townships, snatching up misbehaving children and turning them into a delicious stew. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to take a moment right here. So I'm reading this, and I'm like, you know, I feel like Iceland, you know, they're really into trolls, man. They're, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just yes. sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is up with Iceland and yeah. trolls? Yeah. So I'm going to take a little a little side jaunt sideways. They're also really popular for their um, salt and pepper candies. And what? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just thinking about Christmas Day in Iceland, right? I'm like, um, we're used to a what a cinnamon, um, maybe a cranberry or like some type of holiday scent or or um, taste. Sorry, guys, Robin, you know, Robin like peppermint, gotten, like you into the Christmas wine. I <laughs> no. I'm t- I'm t- I'm, t- <laughs> I'm going to talk about trolls. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm trying to I'm trying to talk about how like our Christmas versus Iceland I- Iceland's Christmas, right? So like we are used to peppermints, we're used to all these different types of Christmas candy. Mm-hmm. Iceland, 
Iceland. Iceland is used to salt and pepper candy and licorice. Licorice is a huge, huge thing there. Big, huge thing. Big in licorice. Yeah. They love puffins. They eat puffins. They do all this different they types enjoy of thing. a fatty fish. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fish bird. So, oh, yeah. Puffin's kind of a fish bird, right? It Am is. I wrong? No, it's like a fatty yeah, fish bird. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like half fish, half penguin. It's kind of disturbing. But um, so right now I'm just thinking in my head. I'm like, okay, so this is the type of culture that they have there. So they have Santa Claus. Cool. Yeah. But then they have this right. Christmas well, witch. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, if you're not good, Grilla will get you. Right? That's the thing that the children hear. But, but. You know, like I said, I was kind of like, why are they so into trolls? So, you know, we've watched a lot of TV shows and we've seen mm-hmm. people go to Iceland and they talk about trolls and elves a good amount. And in Iceland, 54% of the population believes in elves and other paranormal beings. 54%. So... I'm just going to take a moment. We're going to talk a little bit about Icelandic folklore. So during the long, dark winter nights of old, and now too, I guess, because, you know, they're still long and dark, storytelling. Well, we, I mean, we do storytelling differently now, but, you know, we think about like old times and, you know, they're gathered on the fire telling stories. This was the chief form of Icelandic entertainment and probably entertainment everywhere. But each region fostered a bulk of tales and legends that were passed down from generation to generation. And these legends served a purpose more than just entertainment. They were used to reflect the harsh and distinct natural environment that the Icelanders struggled to survive and served as educational tools that taught their children how to live in this unforgiving wilderness. While nurturing in them, a sense of things too subtle for the human eye to register. So these stories are actually allegorical accounts that teach listeners, primarily children, to respect both the spirits of the land, the natural environment in which they reside, where earthquakes, volcanoes, and extreme weather conditions constantly pose a very real and tangible threat. So, like I said before, in Iceland, 54% of people believe in these supernatural beings. And there's a very intense belief in elves. And elves, you know, we hear about elves in all of, like, northern Europe, Ireland, Germany. Iceland is such a a glorious and peaceful place. So if that's what they want to believe in, good for you. Well, so, but the the elves that they believe in are very different than than the elves, you know, of northern Europe and Ireland that are described as these, like, beautiful, eternal creatures. Like, in Iceland, elves are considered a species, and are referred to as huldafolk, or hidden people. And the elves of Iceland live in enchanted rocks and cliffs, where they lead lives that are very similar to those of humans. They keep livestock, they cut hay, they row fishing boats, they pick berries, and they go to church on Sundays. Despite these resemblances, though, the hidden people prefer to be left alone and usually remain invisible, only allowing themselves to be seen on particularly specific times and occasions, such as New Year's Eve and Midsummer's Night. 
hidden people are known to be extremely protective of their homes and will cause great harm to those that disturb them. So there are many incidents throughout history of Iceland where elves have been blamed for major problems. The most recent incident occurred in 2015 when a new road was to be laid through an enchanted spot in the lava field of Galgharan. After many failed attempts where heavy machinery had continually broken down for no apparent reason, numerous workers had suffered freak accidents. The construction company was forced to move the road so that it would bypass the elven community completely. So needless to say, I mean, Icelanders clearly believe in their elves and in their existence of their folklore. I mean, if there's... If they're willing to stop construction of a fucking road and move it. Because of incidences that were unidentified. They couldn't figure out why. Why? The machinery isn't working. People are suffering from accidents. Cutting down nonstop. Yeah. So, like I said, about 55% of the nation has some sort of belief like this. But these statistics might, however, be influenced by the fact that denying the existence of elves can bring about a lifetime of bad luck. Oh, I see where, yeah, I see where it's going now. Okay. Yeah. I get it. So then there are the trolls. Trolls are described as big, stupid, and greedy, and some, <laughs> but sometimes wise and kind. The trolls of day and night occupy an immense portion of Icelandic folklore. Like elves, trolls become enraged when one does them harm, but one can expect to be richly rewarded for helping a troll in need. Mm-hmm. Although they are generally not described as being as appealing as elves, trolls are capable of extraordinary magical feats, but are also known to cast terrible spells and enchantments. But due to their incredibly low intelligence, humans can usually free themselves from the enchantments quite easily. Icelandic trolls are known for living in rocky mountains, deep in the uninhabitable Icelandic highlands. They love the taste of flesh and are known to lure unsuspecting humans into their caves with spells, magic potions, or simply taking them by force. And since trolls are known to steal and eat misbehaving children, troll stories often serve the purpose of keeping misbehaving children at bay. So, we'll just get back into Christmas and Grilla. So just a little background of kind of the Icelandic culture's belief in these beings. Because, like, I mean... Children believe in Santa, but, like, adults, not so much. But I think a bigger portion of Icelandic culture believes in Grilla. So, tales of the Ogres began as oral accounts, with the earliest written references found in the 13th century in historic sagas and poems throughout the region. 13th century? Yeah. Wow. She goes back. That's pretty cool. But the legends don't agree exactly on what Grilla might look like. Though, like all Icelandic trolls, she's gross. She's massive. Please pull some more. One rhyme says that she has 15 tails, each of which holds 100 bags with 20 children in each bag, doomed to be the feast for the troll's family. Another says that she has 40 tails. And still another says that she carries a bag of children on her thigh. Some poems say that she has 300 heads, each of which has three eyes. Others describe eyes in the back of her head and ears that hang so long that they hit her in the nose. (laughs) She has a matted beard, blackened teeth, and hooves. All the stories agree on one point, though. What? 
girl, she ugly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she has ears down, ears down to her nose. Honestly, I would think ears down to the shoulder. I think it, they mean when she leans forward. Like, are they, are they like concave? That like they dangle a bit. Problems. Problems. <sighs> and like 40 tails. She's dragging people behind him when she just, walks. All these tails. Just bags of kids hanging from her tails. That's a problem, you know. Right? It's a real problem. It's a lot of tails to, to contend with. But Grilla is not a standalone figure. She is the mother of the Yule Lads, 13 mischief makers that supposedly visit on the 13 days of Christmas. Her companion, the Jolokaturin, or the Yule Cat, is said to have a taste for human flesh himself, lurking in the snowy countryside and gobbling up anyone, adults, children, babies, especially if they don't get any good clothes for Christmas. A sign that they didn't work hard enough. The Yule Lads are the sons of Grilla and Lapaludi, who was her third husband. They are a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal from or otherwise harass the population and have descriptive names that convey their favorite way of harassing. They come to town one by one during the last 13 nights before Christmas. They leave small gifts in shoes. <gasps> Of children that have been placed on the windowsills. But oh. if the child has That's... been disobedient, they instead leave a potato in the shoe. Well, okay. N- number one, if you're leaving your shoes in a windowsill, you're going to get what you're going to get, right? That's ridiculous. But, <laughs> I mean, you're leaving them there so you can get candy. Yeah. But, but if you've been also, bad, you get a potato. But I'm not mad about the potato. I'll have the potato and the candy. Or but I think versa. you would have been mad about the potato if you were like seven. Oh, yeah. Well... Maybe not. If you really want that potato, you know, like you can. Do I did love stuff. to peel potatoes when I was a kid. Not, not just. I had like a weird fascination with it. Well, as a kid, I peeled potatoes with my grandpa because that's what he did in the army, and so we would just peel the potatoes together. Yeah, he's like, I can. Like, he's like, I can do two bushels in like fifteen minutes. Like, go ahead. And now we're just. Do potatoes to... come in a bushel? I don't know. I don't think so. You know what I mean? The bag, a sack, the potato sack. It wasn't, honestly, I, I don't even think it was a sack. I think my mom used to just go and just get a giant bushel and put her own, like, fucking bag in. You're just going to keep saying bushel. You're well, just, yeah, You're because, committed to the potato bushel. Well, because I remember just a giant sack filled the, with potatoes. The wilds. And the wilds. a bushel. A bushel. <laughs> the wilds of New Jersey where your mother went and got her potatoes. Yeah. I know. Anyway, so potato in the shoe. Bad scene. I wouldn't mind a potato in the shoe. <laughs> Robin, as a child, would have loved the potato in the shoe. In modern times, the Yule Lads have been depicted as also taking on a benevolent role comparable to Santa Claus and other related figures. They are generally depicted as wearing late medieval-style Icelandic clothing, but are sometimes shown wearing the costume traditionally worn by Santa Claus. The Yule Lads arrive during the 13 nights before Christmas, beginning on December 12th. They depart, beginning on Christmas, one per day, in the order that they arrived. Each... Thus stays for 13 days. Some would tell you about the Yule Lads and what they do. Okay. I mean, because Grilla eats the kids, right? It's gross. But the Yule Lads are kind of funny. It's kind of bizarre. So we have, I'm going to read the English translations of their names because I like you guys. I like myself. And I want to feel good about myself at the end of this episode. I kind of want to hear what they're actually called. There's a lot of STs and KJs. Can and you try to pronounce it and be like, and then in English it says. Okay, sure. I can do that. 
because you just yeah all right she's challenge accepted no not challenge yeah. i just want to hear mm-hmm. what, it, what it sounds like steck kajuster or sheep coat clod nice in english and that was in english yeah Sheep clod mm-hmm. okay <laughs> the english is not easy <laughs> i love the differences um and he is known to harass sheep but oh. is impaired by his very stiff peg legs and he's the first of the Yule Lads. I'm very confused. You should be. Yeah. So he comes and he just fucks around with the sheep, but on because, peg legs. Yeah, in the peg legs. Yeah. Can he run as fast as sheep on peg legs? I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, can you imagine? Like Maybe. So there's a second Yule Lad. Okay. <clears throat> Giljagar or Gullygawk. <laughs> he hides in gullies, waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steal the milk. He sounds like his name. He's a milk stealer. Mm-hmm. Sounds like his name. So there's Stufer, or Stubby, who is abnormally short and steals pans to eat the crust left on them. Also, I mean. Also sounds like his name. Also gross, because wash your dishes, but yeah. Then there's Pavorluskar. Okay. Also known as Spoon Licker. <laughs> I don't he's, know which one's worse. <laughs> so he steals and licks wooden spoons. He's a licker. <laughs> but he's extremely thin due to his malnutrition. Uh, <laughs> spoon liquor lick spoons yeah, yeah. but yeah. he's malnutrition because the only things that he consumes are, are things sp- that are on a spoon just spoon licking just spoon licking all over the place and then there's potiscafil also known as pot scraper and he steals the leftovers from pots that i get it. and then there's oscar slicker bowl liquor he hides under beds, awaiting for people to put down their bowls, which he then steals. Why are people in and, beds with bowls? Um, I don't really know. Under I the mean, bed? Is he just, he's just a mo- well, great, because now everyone yeah. is good. So does Iceland also fear monsters under their bed? Because of the bowl liquor? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Then there's Hiroskular, or the door slammer. And he likes to slam doors, especially during the night, to wake people up. Then there's Skyrgamer. Or Skyre Gobbler. And he is the Yule Lad with an affinity for Skyre, which is yogurt. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there's Bjul Nockiker, the sausage swiper. He hides in the rafters and snatches sausages when they've been smoked. Then there's Gluglagire, the window peeper. A snoop who looks through windows in search of things to steal. It's like a peep and Tom. Peep and Tom's a different story. Oh. I know that one. Then there's Git, Git of Peber, the doorway sniffer. He has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate bread. <laughs> so he, mm-hmm. goes, he goes down the street and goes and everyone's doorway of like <laughs> the front door and the little seam. He's like, there's fresh bread in here. If you have, if you have one of those like little uh, little holes in your doors to see people, you're like, mm-hmm. then God. there's Ket Crooker or Meat Hook, and he uses a hook to steal meat. Then there's Kurta Sniker or the Candle Stealer, and he follows children in order to steal their candles. What are children doing with candles? I don't know. I don't know. But those are 13 Yule Lads, and they're the sons of Grela, and they set about just creating fucking chaos throughout the Icelandic landscape. Great job. I did what I could. That was great. You know? Absolutely great. As long as it sounded like it came from Ikea, I felt like I was there. 
Yeah. I felt like I was lost in Ikea and couldn't find my way out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you've just got to go to the Ketkerker. Ketkerker. And then the make it right. Gear. And that's where the meatballs are. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Because that's where meat hook is. Exactly. Yep. So the oldest poems about Grilla describe her as a parasitic beggar who walks around asking parents to give her their disobedient children. Her plans can be thwarted by giving her food or by chasing her away. Originally, she lived in a small cottage, but in later poems, she appears to have been forced out of town and sent to the caves. Good. Current day Grilla, though, has the ability to detect children who are misbehaving year-round. But during Christmas time... She comes down from the mountains in search of nearby towns for her meal. She leaves the cave, hunts children, and carries them home in her giant sack. She devours children as her favorite snack. Her favorite dish is a stew made of naughty children, for which she has an insatiable appetite. According to legend, there is never a shortage of food for Grilla. According to folklore, Grilla has been married three times. Her third husband... Who's the one that she lives with in all the stories? I mean, she can't keep I mean, a husband. She is a woman about town. Oof. So she lives in the cave of the Dimmerborger lava fields with the black Yule cat and her husband, who is lazy and mostly stays at home in the cave, waiting for her to bring food home. Grilla supposedly has dozens of children from her previous husbands, but they are rarely mentioned. In Icelandic, will she ever eat her own children if they're naughty? Apparently not. She just has like 40 kids or some such foolishness. But what if like her grandchild is naughty? She'd probably eat them. I mean, she's a troll or an ogre or something. She's something. Something. In Iceland, the midwinter holiday is known as Jule, a version of the Old English or Germanic word Yule, which describes this time of gathering together, feasting and celebrating, which has evolved into the modern day Christmas. Mm -hmm. But... But is generally much darker than the U.S., not just because the sun doesn't come out, but also because their traditions are pretty dark. The earliest celebrations of the season are viewed as a time not only to bring together relatives, living and deceased, but also elves, trolls, and other magical and spooky creatures believed to inhabit the landscape. Sometimes these creatures visit in the flesh as masked figures going around to farms and houses during the season. Grilla, whose name translates loosely to Growler, would be among these, showing up with her horned tail in her bag in which she would toss the naughty children. So she has been around in folklore since, I, like I said, about 1300. And in those poems, they talk about her husbands. And in one of them, they say that she ate the two previous husbands when she was bored with them. <laughs> so in some ways, she's the first feminist in I Iceland. You know, she's the only one who brings home anything to eat. She got her lazy ass husband at home. I mean, she's she out saved there money working. on lower fees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got it. She didn't have to, you know, I mean, if you eat them, you don't have to pay for their funerals. Other bits of folklore describe a second troll like husband and giant man eating Yule cat known to target anyone who doesn't have on new clothes. And therefore, there is a tradition of receiving a new pair of socks or long underwear for every Icelandic holiday. I've heard of that, yeah. actually. So that's, it's because you yeah. don't want the Yule cat to get you. So uh, you gotta yeah. have clean knickers. I, fresh knickers. I actually knew that. So, but Grilla, while she has been a character since the 1300s, did not get 
connected to Christmas until the early 19th century, when poems began to associate her with the holiday. It is also around the same time that the Yule Lads and the Yule Cat became part of these characters that surround the Christmas tradition in Iceland. And they were all put together to be part of this big old creepy family that lives in a cave. (laughs) Um, Prior to that, she was really seen as the personification of winter and darkness and snow and was more like that she would get you if you weren't prepared for the winter. If you did something dumb, like you didn't wear the right hat out. She was represented as a threat of winter and that it would get you and kill you rather than just being this woman who like comes down and eats your children. So ideally, when you look at this whole story, it's sort of, you know, it's all allegorical to protecting yourself from the harsh winter, which is so much harsher than here in the United States, even at its coldest points. It's nothing near like what Iceland experiences. But yeah, so that is the story of Grilla, the Christmas witch, who makes a delicious stew out of all the naughty children. Just another notorious narrative. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave a positive review wherever you're listening now. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash notorious narratives, where you can access content that is exclusive for our patrons. And remember, keep it weird and never stop exploring.